Well, it's three and one, and you got to go up from there. What comes next? We're going to talk today about your Chiefs and where is the spark coming from with Matt Derrick from Chief Digest coming up next on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. It is another midday check-in with Matt Derrick. I know you can't see him because of the brightness this is coming off of his camera, but you're going to enjoy it because it's a flashback. Yes, this is a team coming back from a Super Bowl win, but they have some issues to work through. We have some answers for you today. We're brought to you by our pals over at uh, BetterHelp. We're going to talk to them or from them later. We appreciate you being here. Make sure you like and sub. Hit that bell here on YouTube. We are live today at a a special time so that we could get together. We appreciate you being with us as well as on the Spotify platform, the Apple uh, podcast platform, as well as all the free platforms because we are here five days a week for you for free every time, every day, wherever we can go, even on the text line, which you can get into at 816-357-8781. Get subscribed over there. We would very much appreciate it. We're going to get into the details today with Matt Derrick, editor-in-chief at ChiefsDigest.com, man on the beat inside the building. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGR Football, where we have a ton going on for you this week, so check that out as well. Matt, it's been an up and down, frustrating, but yet a little bit of relief kind of couple of days for me since this ballgame when we talked last. And in the end, the number one thing for me is it's not whether Patrick has to make up for a couple of miscues, et cetera, pushing too hard. We'll talk about some of that, I'm sure. But for me, I'm searching for the reason why someone isn't able to step out of the wide receiver room and say, hey, I'll be that guy. Why hasn't it happened yet? I mean, I I think that the easiest and simplest explanation is probably that that guy just doesn't exist right now. And and that's not a a, a knock against any of the young guys. It's just where they are at this point in their career. Um, I mean, who who are the who's the thousand yard receiver in this receiving room? Well, based on the veterans, I mean, you know, Kadarius Tony has not been that kind of receiver, so I don't think you can expect him to be that guy. Kadarius Tony hasn't done that. Justin Watson hasn't done that. With the young guys, you know, you're still waiting for Sky Moore to develop. And from Rasheed Rice, I mean, it's I think it's too early to expect that. Even though I I think of the receiver group right now, I mean, he's been the one that you have I think the most optimism for long term. Um, but right now, at this point in their career, is is there anybody in the room who actually is that guy? And per, in particular, who is that guy that on third and eight you know that you can go to? Because in the past, you know, you always knew that was Tyreek. Uh, last year, you kind of felt like that was Juju. I mean, and Travis is always ever present too, but let's leave him out of this because he's a tight end and we're not talking about that group right now. But it's, who is that? And I just don't know if th- this point in their career, that player is right there right now. And I, and I think that the Chiefs are optimistic that a guy like Rasheed Rice can be that at some point. Maybe he develops that into this year. I mean, maybe by the end of the year, Rasheed Rice is the guy that on third and eight, that's where you know that the ball was going to. Um, but the drops right now have been a problem. And, you know, the Chiefs have acknowledged that. They know it is. They don't think that's going to be a consistent problem. They think it's going to improve as he goes along. Um, but I, I just have a hard time right now with saying that there is one player who won alpha in that receiver room right now who is the go-to guy. I think it's kind of a, a tale of a couple of options. Obviously, we know that Watson and MVS are, are, are deep threats. We know you can hit home runs with them. 
but can you hit those hard yards every time on um, six yard slant, that kind of thing? I agree with you there. But then I go back and forth. I think obviously the guy that has the most explosiveness to his game, the ability to change a game in a play or two is Kadarius Tony. But the consistency isn't there. The injury history is there. That's always a concern. And then the other option, I think, is Rasheed Rice. And we've seen them take a, a tack of feeding him. We know about the drops. They're going to continue. He's in the second most targets in multiple games at this point behind Travis Kelsey. Do you lean one way or the other about what is more likely to happen here, say, before the buy, and what might be the strategy long term that can actually work out for those two? I mean, I'm 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 a little bit torn. I mean, as far as you know, what what can happen, especially when it comes to it comes to Tony, because they have been at least the last couple of weeks protecting him a little bit. Now he obviously took some big hits the other night and and did not seem all the none the worse for wear. So. I think that's at least a little bit encouraging, but they want that toe to get better. They want him to, you know, be completely 100%. I'm still not certain he's probably 100% from the knee either. So, you know, they have been at least through the first, you know, at least especially since week one. I mean, they have been backing off of him a little bit just to let him get healthy. Now, the question has always been, once he is healthy, is he a number one receiver? I mean, he's still a young guy. So it's really hard to say that. I mean, it's only year three. So, and he hasn't been that yet. And really you look at the bulk of his work and he doesn't, he barely has a full season of work under him. So, you know, in those three years. So it's, to me, it's, it's really hard to project and expect that, that Tony can be that guy right now. Now, what are they going to do? I mean, you know, how do they want to bring him along? I mean, there was, there was some optimism in this, in this, in the building that, Kadarius Tony could be their number one receiver this year, but a lot of that would have to depend on him staying healthy and being available, which hasn't been proven yet. So I think you're going to continue to see, at least with Tony, I think they're going to continue to, you know, be cautious with him, at least for the next quarter of a season, see over the next four weeks and until the bye week, you know, with playing him in maybe, you know, a, a semi starter role. I mean, I don't think you're going to see Kadarius Tony all of a sudden getting 80% of the snaps. Um, maybe they'll work him ahead a little faster than expected if he if he shows some improvement and shows some more development. But I, that I, I I think is totally just going to be up to what their confidence is. And with everybody else, to be honest, I think everybody else is in the same is in a different category. I mean, it's really going to be up to each of those guys to prove what they can do. And you know, one of the reasons why Justin Watson is getting so many snaps right now is because he's the best complimentary receiver that they've got. You know, the ball doesn't go to him that often, although right now he has the most receiving yards of any player on the team. (laughs) But he's the one guy that they know that is always going to run the right route. He's going to be in the right place. And that is going to help other receivers be open. So that's kind of his role. And everybody else is really trying to carve out a spot for themselves right now. I agree with you. And my my last question, it doesn't have to be, you know, super in-depth because it's it's an opinion. I feel like there's either two things going on, either the, the, for some mechanical problem with trying to feed Sky more because they're giving Rasheed Rice this, this, this spoon-fed type approach. They're not doing that for Sky more, Or they're doing a rope-a-dope, and, and they have plans for what Sky's going to produce in the playoffs and towards the end of the season. Do either of those ring true for you? I mean, it's probably a little bit more of the first thing than I think the latter. I don't think that they're necessarily hiding any secret Sky Moore unleash him to plays packages or anything like that. That 
will come of it. I mean, I think that it's at this point, I mean, I think there's still with Sky maybe a little bit of the square peg in a round hole. Um, I thought that they would use him in a little bit different, you know, positioning this year, you know, because he, I get it. He has kind of the similar stature to a Tyreek Hill and, and to a McCole Hardman, but he's not really those guys. He's really a different player. He's more of a possession type receiver. I mean, you know, he's somebody who isn't necessarily a deep ball guy. He's more of a, you know, work over the middle of the field and, and try and find space kind of a guy. And they haven't really put him in that spot for the most part. I mean, you're seeing him, you know, doing a lot of the end arounds and all of these things. And I honestly think they've got receivers who are better, you know, skilled for that. I mean, it's not that Sky doesn't have his own speed and his own agility, but I'm just not sure that he is as, as well suited for that as Tyreek and McColl were. So I think they just keep still kind of pitching him into a role that maybe he's just not as, as best prepared for. And the problem might be that at his best roles, he might be the second best guy to a lot of places. I mean, I think that there's some things going to Rasheed Rice and going to Kadarius Tony right now that honestly are probably better suited for, for Sky's game. And I'm just not sure that he's getting those opportunities. But at the same time, even though I see a lot more confidence in Sky, you still see some little mistakes creep in, you know, as far as maybe just not, you know, rounding out the right routes at the right place. And, and, and Rasheed has the same problems. He's working on those things too. I mean, it's th- this, let's face it, the Andy Reid offense and, and especially what Patrick expects you to do is be perfect, be exactly where you're supposed to be. You know, maybe they get a little bit um, greedy watching Travis, you know, doing a little bit more freelancing. Well, guess what? Travis earned that. Travis has earned that by being an all pro for 10 years. You know, he's 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 earned that. And he, but he wasn't doing it in year one and year two because he wasn't good enough yet. So it, those guys, I, my message to them right now is really do everything as perfect as you can to make yourself available to Patrick and don't worry about anything else. Well, we're going to have to see who brings that spark because you have threats you have to deal with from the Vikings. We're going to talk about that coming up. But what is Pacheco adding to this offense? What is this last game plan done for their future? We're going to get to that after we give you all the other parts that you might need. Our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed with our fantasy football host, Vinny Iyer, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, especially if you're looking for that waiver wire or waiting for someone to emerge. Let's see who Vinny has picked out for us this week with eBay's guaranteed fit, the fantasy pick of the week. I'm going to start off with a team the Chiefs just saw in the Jets uh, running back, Brees Hall, is starting to pick up speed, coming back from the ACL. Uh, His limited usage has led to a couple of question marks, but that 56-yard game uh, with only six carries against the Chiefs, the nine-plus average in week four, really has his best game coming in the future here. When the Jets uh, blow through Denver in week five, look for uh, a mile-high salute from him, as well as the speed and the explosiveness that you're coming to expect as he continues to recover. Broncos' defense has kind of fallen apart again against the run, especially against the faster backs, and we know that he has that top gear. Fed Hall to go off and help that the Jets will get uh, some much-needed road win for their franchise, not relying on Zach Wilson. Uh, Vinny's here every week to give us this information and these picks uh, for your fantasy championship, just like eBay Motors can get you to your championship for your ride, making it a perfect fit every single time. So it's all the same for your vehicle. They have 122 million parts. They're going to fit your number one ride or die, and you can make it run smoothly or look better or 
down better, whatever you're looking for, whether it's uh, a new roof rack, uh, stereo kits, whatever your thing needs, it's headlights, it's uh, roof racks, it's the whole nine yards. You can get it at eBay Motors. Uh, with guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the very first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're not burning rubber, you're not burning cash, you're only burning time that you're wasting and not going to eBay Motors. Uh, so check check out and keep your ride or die flying there at ebaymotors.com. It's a guaranteed fit. It's only for U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. As we start to look back at balance, yes, we need we need spark. We need somebody to step up in that wide receiver room and say, I, I can do this here. I can take the next step. I thought that the Chiefs took the next step, and unfortunately, I think I know why it happened against the New York Jets. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but when you take a look back, there was a concerted effort to get the ball going on the ground, specifically for Pacheco, and I do think his his return uh, to the area there where he grew up and, he, and he's got a ton of family and the whole nine yards. Like the, We've seen Andy Reid do this before when you're trying to highlight a player because he's got an emotional attachment. In the end, that's a, a vibe that Pacheco brings to this roster all the time. And I think this has to be a staple now that they've shown when you're in a tough spot, when Patrick is making mistakes, when the O-line is not protecting as well, and when you have wide receivers either not lined up in the right spot or not getting to where they need to be, relying on the run game, if you practice it enough and prepare that game plan, Matt, that can be a staple that gets you through these ugly games. And I think it has to be a staple going forward. Am I am I nuts? Am I just wishful thinking? No, you're not. I mean, you know, this was a very bizarre Andy Reid game plan as as it turned out because they ran the ball much more than they threw it. And that's it's, and especially in a close game. I mean, you would expect that, you know, if if I told you that they ran the ball, what, 35 times and, uh, you know, I would expect that's because, you know, they were in a blowout and they just ran the ball a lot in the second half. But that wasn't the case. I mean, this was they were pretty much trying to run the ball from the very beginning. And, you know, part of it is that, I mean, this is the 28th ranked rushing defense in the league. I mean, you can run on the Jets. People have done that so far this year. So. I think that's been part of it was part of the game plan. Absolutely. And you're right. I mean, I think the fact that Pacheco was clearly the hot hand, there was a reason to keep going to him and give him the football, especially after the second turnover. I mean, that's something that the Chiefs, uh, I think, just wanted to give Patrick a little bit of break and give him an opportunity to lean on the on the run game a little bit more. So there were a lot of reasons for that. And it made sense. But now it's going to be a can they replicate it against other teams and especially since against some better run defenses. Let's see. But, you know, no, I mean, that Pat, Andy Reid's not going to change. I mean, at the end of the season, I'm sure that he will still be a, you know, 65-35 kind of guy as far as the split goes. As far as when he's going to pass and run, this might be the only time all season that they throw the run the ball that's much more than they throw it. But I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, this this offense, once again, is its most effective when it, it at least runs as a threat and at least can be productive at times. And they need to establish that week in and week out. And so I, I, they can't get away from it. And if they do, I think it's to their detriment. I'm, I, I agree with you that this, this can't happen again. We're not going to see Andy do this. It was nearly a 50-50 split when you consider there was probably a couple of called runs for Patrick and a lot of scrambles, right? So you take those seven out, you get to about even. But a 40 or a 42% play call rate, I think – Brings that balance. I felt like it, it at least lifted the offensive line in terms of their initial get off. 
and the power that they played with. Now, that was a, a really stout defensive front. The tackles obviously had some issues. There were issues on the right side of the line as a whole. But what does the run game do? What is this tone that Pacheco himself brings to this run game that can help the offense as a whole outside of, of taking some pressure off the quarterback? Well, I think there's definitely a couple of things. I mean, and one of is that Pacheco has a has 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 a that mentality that I'm not sure a lot of other guys, especially amongst the skill players, has as far as just that playing angry hard mentality. And when you're talking about instilling that kind of you know attitude within the offense, I mean, I think that that's where it's got to come from. I mean, you know, I know people have asked, you know, hey, does this offense maybe miss a little bit of its attitude or its edge without Eric Bieniemy? Um, maybe so. But one guy who definitely has that edge is Pacheco, and and you see it. I mean, especially in the offensive line. I mean, those guys absolutely love blocking for him. I mean. And they love getting downfield and just looking for somebody to pop so that they can free up some space for him. Um, you see how much fun the offensive line has when they're run blocking. And uh, I think that absolutely feeds over to the passing game. I mean, once that that offensive line gets those juices flowing from getting the run game, I think it just makes their pass protection even better. So, yeah, I do think that, that you know, Pacheco being able to establish this offense with having some tenacity to it and having a hard edge to it, I think it does fill over to the other guys. I mean, he is absolutely one of those guys that coaches love to call an energy giver. You know, Willie Gay gets called that a lot on the defensive side. Well, Pacheco is that on the offensive side. Well, it, and it, it starts from, from giving your mentality to other people to, so that you're prepared for what you have to do. And if you guys want to get in that same situation, we have something that can help you right now today. This show is brought to you today by BetterHelp. And that energy that you're looking for, you want to bring to every situation that you can get into. Sometimes you have to have the clear head. You need some help to get there. I certainly did when I first started podcasting and I was a little guy. I needed that focus and that energy to make sure that I was always putting out as much effort as possible to try and gain and get ahead in this business. It's always back and forth. And sometimes you need to allow yourself the grace to be able to get into the action that you need to get to in order to further yourself and your goals. So I think that when you go and you search for an outside perspective, that's certainly helpful. And it gives you what you want in terms of confirmation about the energy that you're trying to bring in the direction you're trying to go. So you can get that with a little help from BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try right now because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited exactly to your schedule. You get to pick how it goes. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time that you like. If that fit just isn't there, no additional charge, no rigmarole, ready to go. So make your brain your friend. Get the energy that you need with BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash locked on. You can go there today and get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. As we bring Matt back in here, uh, I, I, I need some help from you in understanding that uh, th there are threats. There are threats coming from the Vikings. Uh, is it the Dalvin Cook home run anymore? No, that, that's out there. A couple of very interesting wide receivers. For this Chiefs defense that has been making money off of having a stout secondary, uh, just like 47 yards, I think, was the max given up, 56 to L for LeJarrius Need, 47 for Trent McDuffie. That's a pretty good day out from your primary covers. But they're going to be facing... Not only Justin Jefferson, arguably the best receiver in this uh, league at any point. The rookie Jordan Addison had been on a roll as well. Didn't have a great week last week. Not sure what happened there. 
terms of their usage goal, uh, maybe saving him for this game. And they've seen Osborne be able to produce a lot as well. This feels like a pretty good test for this secondary and this defense overall in the pass game that I, I think they're going to have to emphasize for Minnesota. Do you see it that way as well? Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, you, you look at the numbers and, and hey, the, how, somehow the, the, the Vikings offense only ranks 16th and as for parts points scored. And even though they've actually been doing pretty well, I mean, I think in three of the four games, they've had a pretty good offensive output and they're number three in yards and number one in touchdown passes. So, you know, this team can do some things. Now you're right. It doesn't have the, the home run threat on the ground that the Vikings used to be known for. Although I think Madison is still a, a very pretty scary back at times. I mean, I think you can get mm-hmm. some things done, but you're right. I mean, this is absolutely the biggest test that the Chiefs defense will have faced so far this season against this offense and particularly the secondary. We're going to learn a lot about the corners and the safeties and um, especially the pass rush. I mean, you know, it's going to be dependent on the entire defense getting after these Vikings because it can't just be going after getting after Kirk Cousins and making him uncomfortable. Because he's a vet. He knows he knows what to do. He knows how to get rid of the football. And he's got some guys that once they get the ball in their hands are dangerous. So, no, there is absolutely no doubt. I mean, looking at this, we will learn a lot, a lot about the Chiefs defense. And um, I don't know how much we'll learn about the Chiefs offense because the Vikings defense isn't very good. Um, this, to me, has all the hallmarks of a shootout. Um, you know, I think, what, the Eagles beat them 34-28. I'm thinking this is going to be just about the same ballpark, if not maybe a little bit higher scoring than that. I, I certainly hope so. In like most games, I think this is going to come down to what happens on third down. The, the Vikings are 21st in third down conversion rate. If the Chiefs can work first and second to get them into their comfort zone and playing longer down and distance on third, I think they're going to be in good shape. Uh, the goal to go, I think they're 27th. And this is a team that has trouble finishing drives in that. Uh, I think they're 30th. Yes, they are in uh, time of possession on average. So if the Chiefs offense can get on a bit of a roll, again, going back to what we talked about with a wide receiver stepping up, hopefully, and Pacheco being able to to be not given 50% of the play call, but enough to keep the ball rolling, I think that that makes sense. The one thing that I am concerned about is on the other side. We've seen a lot of penalties, a lot of false starts, and a couple of holds here recently from the tackles. Uh, Do you know Hunter's going to be out there? They have some other pass rush options on that Vikings defense that's the one thing that I think can give them kind of a hiccup right here how concerned do we have to be that what we've seen in the past few weeks is going to continue against the Vikings yeah I mean the the Vikings for whatever reason I mean it's they're they're kind of a schizophrenic defense I mean they have been pretty good against the run I mean they're only giving up three and a half yards of carry but everybody's been able to throw against them um, even some bad quarterbacks have been able to throw against them. So that's the thing that you, you're going to have to do. I mean, this cannot be a game that the Chiefs offense just muddles through. I mean, this has to be, a, you know, the, the breakout game to a degree for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if he's not going for 300 yards in this game and getting those receivers involved and finding somebody that can give him a spark, there's going to be trouble. I mean, you know, this is it's like Andy Reid, you know, mentioned on Monday. Um, they're going to see a lot of man defense. They should not see as much zone as they have seen through the first quarter of the season. The, the Vikings are a much more man coverage team, and that should be the kind of defense that the Chiefs carve up. So let's see what happens here. But, you know, could this be harder sledding for Pacheco in the run game this week than it was against the Jets? For sure. But if the Chiefs aren't moving the ball up and down the field on this Vikings defense in the passing game, I'll, I'll have some serious questions and concerns. 
I will as well. Names to watch. Marcus Davenport rushing from the outside. Uh, DJ Wadham also ru- rushing from the outside. Picked up that ball and had that giant play last week. Keep an eye on him. Obviously, Daniel Hunter. If you had to guess, uh, just look at the last ball game. Surprise guy that produced the most pressure, including three sacks on the day. Uh, did you expect it to be Harrison Smith? Because I think that's that's not what I expected. <laughs> no, don't normally get three sacks out of your safety. Um, so no, but uh, he's he's a he's a very he's a he's an old guy. I mean, he's been around forever, but he's he's seen it all. Uh, but no, I mean, yeah, yeah, I would have expected Daniel Hunter. Sure, absolutely, he's the guy. But Smith, no, no, I wouldn't wouldn't have seen that one coming, Ryan. Well, I hope that they have the same game plan because if you, if you can get Smith creeping up that much, there's going to be plenty of opportunity for the Chiefs over the top. So you'll hear our predictions on Friday, folks. We'll just get a, a generality from Matt here, unless you have a number in mind, Matt. How do you see this happening? I think I've I think I've settled on it in the last half hour. We'll see if I you know digress later in the week with more information and everything. But I do. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be hard uh, hard battle for this this Chiefs defense. We'll find out a little bit about them. I don't think it's a test that they will necessarily fail. I do think they're going to give up some points because the Vikings are just too good. They are a the most dangerous. I think one in three team around right now. Um, but I do think the Chiefs pull this one out, so I'm going with the Chiefs 38-31. Oh, I like it. Okay, high scoring, folks. If we didn't get to your questions today, as we are out of time, we'll come back and uh, try to answer some of those tomorrow. Uh, a lot of questions. If you missed the Kadarius Tony discussion, uh, go back and watch this on Rewatch. Make sure you like, sub, hit the bell here on YouTube. Subscribe over on Spotify, on Apple, on any platform you would like to do. Go subscribe there and then go watch at Chiefs Digest here on YouTube as well. And check out all of Matt's work at ChiefsDigest.com where you can stay up to date. We appreciate you checking out all the other shows on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. Matt, thanks for your time and being with us and for lighting up the sky with that ball hat. <laughs> I do what I can, Ryan. And yes, do not look directly into the hat. Uh, might no. blind you. <laughs> there are worse things, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week. We're going to be back. Talk about the opponent more and more this week. Thanks for being with us today. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.